So when I first started my podcast, I didn't know who to exactly start with. And there's so many different hosting websites out there. And me personally, I love using Buzzsprout because they really allow you to be able to launch, promote, and track your podcast. They have detailed analytics, see which demographics are listening to your podcast. They also display your show online and it's listed on all the major podcast directories such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and much more within minutes of finishing your recording. And today is a great day to start your own podcast, whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, you have a message you want to share with the world, or you just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. Podcast is an easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that's where the team at Buzzsprout comes in, and they definitely are passionate about helping you succeed, and you should definitely get started today with joining over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. If you follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, it also gets you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan and it helps support our show. Let's create something great together. What's going on world? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Insightful Principles. In today's episode, I want to talk about the recent household debt and credit report that was released by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And this was based on the previous quarter for 2023. So from January to March 31st, uh, they actually created a report that really showed uh, where we stand uh, right now in America when it comes to household debt and also just kind of looking at things associated with credit card balances and, and things along those lines. So I'll discuss that throughout this episode and just some of the main highlights of the report. Uh, but as always, if you all can do me a huge favor, if you could please continue to rate, uh, leave a review of this podcast, uh, continue to share it with your family and friends. It's always greatly appreciated. Uh, now, when it comes to the household debt and credit report, uh, it really highlighted how uh, household debt has risen uh, on higher mortgages, auto and student loan balances for the first quarter of 2023. Uh, total household debt rose by $148 billion uh, to actually $17.05 trillion in the first quarter of 2023. So quite a, a big jump when you think about from the fourth quarter of 2022 to where it risen to now. Uh, also stated how uh, mortgage balances climbed by 121 billion and stood at 12.04 trillion at the end of March. So that also is a significant jump when you think about the amount of debt uh, that people have taken out for mortgages. And then auto loans uh, is now up at $1.56 trillion and then student loans balances are at $1.6 trillion. And then lastly, credit card balances, they stated were flat and it's sitting at right now about $986 billion. Now, when it comes to the mortgage balances, um, this was just pretty much stated that uh, what also led to some of these increases was the balances on home equity lines of credit, uh, also known as HELOCs. Um, those actually increased by $3 billion. And they stated in the report that this was the fourth consecutive quarterly increase following a nearly 13-year declining trend. 
and that the outstanding HELOC balance stands at $339 billion. Now, when it comes to a HELOC, uh, this is typically when you have homeowners that they may have a, a significant amount of equity on their property and they want to be able to take out a line of credit and, and borrow against the property in order to handle whatever needs specifically for the property they may use some of that money to buy a property but one of the things you have to keep in mind is is with a heloc you actually are taking out debt and that is extending the life of the loan um because it's no different if the best analogy that i can think of is when you take out a loan on your 401k uh, you are essentially borrowing against yourself, but that's money that you have to pay back. And that could, in a sense, take away from the growth, from the value uh, of your uh, portfolio as far as, you know, if you're taking money out of it, you know, that can, to a certain extent, can can uh, have an impact on the growth. Uh, so I definitely think there are instances where, you know, borrowing against yourself, that's something that, you know, you can do as a strategy to help satisfy any type of liquidity needs that you may have. But I think that you do also have to keep in mind that uh, it's, essentially you taking out debt and you know if you having to pay back that debt uh it can extend the uh the terms of the loan um so i i think that that's something important to keep in mind so it's very interesting to see that um you know the heloc balance is actually increased by three billion dollars just goes to show there's a, there's a lot of people um borrowing uh, against their properties and taking out lines of credit and i think also another challenging part of that is when you have interest rates rising the way that they are now um you know if it is a variable fixed interest rate that you may have on a property um that could definitely lead to some some problematic uh impacts but i do think if it's a fixed interest rate you know that's going to pretty much stay the same but i think when you're taking out debt with anything you have to just be smart about it um make sure that you are paying it off and that you're not uh just creating a situation where um you're paying on debt uh, longer than you expected uh, now credit card balances they did state that they were flat in the first quarter of 2023 and you know they stated that how with it being at 986 billion dollars uh, this is really helping to buck this typical trend of balance declines in the first quarter uh, they also stated that, you know, of course, uh, auto loan balances, they increased by 10 billion in the first quarter and that this is a upward trend that they have been noticing since 2011. Uh, now, other balances, which include retail cards and other consumer loans uh, that increased by five billion dollars. And like I mentioned, the student loan, uh, you know, situation that we still are in now. Uh, still at about 1.6 trillion. I think, you know, a lot of the student loans, you know, right now, a lot of the deferment uh, that President Biden had came out with, uh, that still stands now until I want to say the fall. Um, I think in September uh, of 2023, that will be released. So, you know, I think that we may possibly see an uptick uh, when it comes to student loans, you know, as the year kind of progresses along. Um, but they did state that, uh, where the student loan balance is at now, that's actually up by $9 billion from the previous quarter. Um, so that's very interesting when you think about that. And then, you know, I really wanted to highlight uh, just the, the impact that we're seeing with credit card debt. Because I think right now why it's so prevalent is because when you have higher interest rates throughout the economy, 
typically your APRs, which are usually those annual uh, percentage rates that you see on a credit card, um, those tend to go up. So, you know, I think that when you are in credit card debt, you do want to make sure that in this type of environment, you want to make sure that you're paying off those debts and that you're not maintaining those balances month to month because it can become a costly thing when you're getting charged interest every month. And if you are only paying the minimums, you know, that is only going to allow you to just cut into the interest. You're not going to really cut into the principal. So, you know, I think that I have read that it talked about the uh, average APR has now soared to 20.92%. And I actually had looked at the Apple cars and those interest rates on those cars are as high as 26%. So I definitely think um, with you know interest rates are really going up in the economy that is playing a role of why we're seeing an uptick with credit card balances. And also I think some of the reasons is that you know consumers are having to rely on credit cards because of inflation you know things today are much more higher than they were in the past and moving forward into the future you know i do think that prices are still to a certain extent are going to be much higher and i think that people simply don't have enough income to be able to handle their bills therefore they have to use the credit cards to be able to be able to um keep up because their wage growth uh, isn't keeping up with the pace of inflation. And when I talk about wage growth, I'm talking about like your salaries, your hourly pay, you know, that your income that's coming in on a yearly basis is not keeping up with the rate of inflation. Therefore, people are having to rely on those credit cards to kind of make it to the next month. Now, I think that although inflation has been cooling, we have seen this year, um, even if we look at the last three or four uh, CPI prints, which is the consumer price index, it is showing that there is a cooling in the economy. But I still think you still have areas like the price of housing, which we talked about with mortgage balances, um, transportation, uh, and also uh, some food items at the grocery store. Uh, they are still elevated compared to years prior. And then also I read in the report that it talked about how more than a third of U.S. adults have more credit card debt than emergency savings, uh, which is the highest since 2011. And they actually stated that uh, with the U.S. consumers owing about $986 billion, uh, that is actually a 17% jump from a year ago. So I definitely think these are some important aspects to pay attention to. Um, there are also some great charts that they had within the report talked about the debt share by product type and age. So they had a chart where they show auto loans, they show credit cards, they show mortgages, HELOCs, which is the home equity lines of credit, student loans, and they show it uh, by the ages, what are the percentages of what is the highest and, and what varies uh, by this particular you know demographic of ages and 18 to 29 year olds it actually showed that they had the highest amount of student loan debt um which that's not any surprise you know i think a lot of people around those ages you're having people that are entering into college at 18 years old um and they still are paying on that debt even as after they get out of school and then you have to think about people that go back to school uh, and get a graduate degree so i definitely think that that was wasn't too shocking to me uh but also it showed the ages that had the highest mortgage debt um actually was between about 40 to 70 year olds 
um, which that definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, I think you have a lot of people that, you know, throughout those ages, you know, they, they probably have uh, multiple mortgages and usually, you know, as even the early thirties, you know, it shows that that's a significant amount as well. You have people to start to buy their homes for the first time. So, um, that definitely made a lot of sense. Uh, when it came to auto loans, uh, the highest percentage, uh, group that has that amount of debt was actually 18 to 29 year olds. Um, so I thought that that was, you know, pretty interesting. And then, you know, lastly, when it shows more of like the credit cards, um, it looks like the category that had the highest amount of debt, um, within those ages is about a 70 plus, uh, year old. So, um, definitely was, was pretty interesting looking at those two charts and then, um, there was a few other ones where they talked about serious delinquencies of 90 plus days and they actually show for the auto loans. Um, and when, when we talk about delinquencies, we're talking about people that are having issues with paying their auto loans and they're more delinquent of 90 plus days. And it actually showed the age of where you have the most delinquencies was 18 to 29 year olds. And then followed by that was 30 to 39. And then it looks like almost lower than that. Uh, you have 40 to 49. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty interesting that there are those delinquencies, you know, with people that are uh, having a hard time being able to maintain their, uh, their car payments. And then lastly, the serious delinquencies for credit cards by age, uh, the highest was actually 18 to 29 year olds. And then followed by that, you had 30 to 39 and then, uh, just under that was about 40 to 49. So it looks pretty similar, uh, when it comes to, you know, the auto loans by age with the delinquencies and also the credit cards, but it was a very interesting report. I, I will put the report in the show notes so you all can actually read it and see these statistics. You know, I think it's, uh, been very hard for a lot of citizens out there. And I think, you know, as we continue to deal with inflation and interest rates, uh, it could, it, it can still cause a lot of these numbers to be much higher, uh, within the future. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, that wraps it up for this podcast, but I thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate your time and, uh, please continue to rate, uh, leave a review and also continue to keep sharing, uh, with your family and just your circle. And, uh, I do hope you all have a blessed day.